Thank you, Paul. So great to have had you here today. He's on, a, on the road to catch a flight, and uh, so blessings um, as you travel. One of the things that becomes truer each year, it seems, um, is that if you don't look after your physical body and fix the things that ache and ail you, uh, before long you run the risk of simply becoming an accumulation of body parts that really don't work anymore. Some of you have a car and maybe you have a part that starts to break and you say, well, I don't want to spend the money to fix it, and so you don't, and then something else starts to go, and you don't fix that either, and then before you know it, you have basically a vehicle, and really none of the parts ever work. It's an accumulation of broken parts and pieces, and if you've seen the car that I drive, you know that that's exactly what it looks like. Um, but it's true, in our, it's true in our physical bodies as well. If you don't start looking after the things and helping them get better, then you just become this accumulation of things that don't work. And the same is true for our spiritual lives as well. That if we don't attend to the things and matters of the heart and matters of the soul, then over time, it significantly impacts our ability to have a vibrant relationship with Christ. We're moving towards the events of Easter week and we've been kind of journeying with Jesus as he gets to the cross. And today um, we're going to talk about um, and capture a scene where Jesus is actually on the cross in the words that he speaks to us. Um, but our, we can get to this point in our life where we kind of accumulate nicks and wounds and bruises and matters of unforgiveness, and they kind of start to define who we are. Last week, I discouraged you greatly uh, by talking about the global nature of sin. That's, if I sin, it doesn't just impact me, but it impacts the people closest to me. And if you sin, it doesn't just impact you, it impacts the people in your life as well. And what happens over time is that we get to this point, or we can get to this point, where it comes maybe to a matter of prayer. We have a hard time entering in. We come to pray and we just stop and we realize there's been a lot of history <laughs> There's a lot of things that are standing between us and the Lord. Maybe they're things that we promised the Lord we would do, and we didn't do them. Maybe they're things we expected the Lord to do for us, and for whatever reason, He didn't do them. Maybe it's commitments that we made to God, promises that we've made to God, broken friendships, broken relationships, hurts, difficulties, challenges, the impact of other people's sin impacting our life. Regardless of whatever it might be, we can all find ourselves in a point where we just realize, I don't know if I can pray. I don't use that Bible app that seems to be bigger than all the other icons on my phone. Or maybe you've even just deleted it off your phone because you're tired of looking at it because you don't use it anymore. Maybe you don't hang out with Christian community anymore. Just things have gotten difficult and you're kind of at a crossroads in your faith. And what happens is, we can either just start to avoid the Lord altogether, live at a distance, kind of ignore Him at all costs, or even worse, maybe, we pretend. We pretend that everything is great, and we don't really deal with what's going on on the inside. Well, I've got some good news for you this morning. That's a little bit of where you find yourself as we think about Jesus as He makes His way to the cross. We've been focusing on... Jesus, as he dies, teaches us really how to live. 
We talked about the foolishness of the cross. We've talked about um, humility and that Jesus started a humility revolution. And last Sunday, we talked about suffering and dare I even say, suffering well. And we followed with Jesus as he stood before a political court and was tried. We watched him before a religious court and he was tried. We've watched him be beaten and hollered and made fun of, dressed up and made fun of. And today, the passage that we're going to read together, we find Jesus actually on the cross. We're going to be reading today from Luke chapter 23. It's on page 1641 if you're using the red Bible in the seat in front of you. Or you can look it up electronically as well. Luke chapter 23, starting at verse 32. Luke chapter 3, starting at 32. It reads like this. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, there... They crucified him along with criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers came up, and they mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read this, This is the king of the Jews. I want us this morning to just focus on the words of Jesus to his hearers in that moment and to us today, uh, his words from the cross. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. I'm going to break it down into three parts and just kind of walk through it. And I want us to think about these words as being spoken to us today. And I would pray heard in the deep corners of our own hearts today. First, Jesus addresses God as Father. What we hear here is Jesus is interceding. He's interceding for the criminals to, to around on each side of him. He's interceding to the people at this moment and he's in interceding for you and for me as well. Jesus knows that his job is to stand in the gap between a holy God and a broken and sinful world. And when he calls out to his heavenly father, this is what he's doing. I mean, think about the audience before him. Um, You've got people who have just practiced injustice, they have been manipulative, they have been violent, they have been mean-spirited, they have mocked him, they have humiliated him, they have uh, bruised him and beaten him. In this moment, we're seeing the very worst of humankind spilled out in, in before us on these, in these stories. And then on the other hand, you've got a holy God, a holy God who deeply, deeply loves all of those people. And Jesus stands in the middle. And he is the mediator for you and I into God's presence. And this was Jesus' purpose. Not because we requested it, but because our Heavenly Father wanted us to have a means by which we could come home to God. And so Jesus stands in the gap in that moment on the cross And he's providing a way for you and I to have a way to get home to our Heavenly Father. 
Jesus intercedes for us, interceded in that very moment. He intercedes for us today when we pray in Jesus' name. And someday when we die and stand before the Lord in judgment, Jesus will intercede for us again and he will say, he's mine. This one is mine. So this is Jesus' purpose. And today if you're coming in here spiritually lost, not sure where to begin or even what to do, Jesus is the one you turn to because he is your mediator interceding for you on behalf of your heavenly Father. Next, Jesus says, if you can imagine, naked, beaten, open, bleeding wounds, nailed to the cross, Father, forgive them. Well, who is the them? Well, there's Pilate, uh, there's the Sanhedrin, There's the soldiers, there's the disciples who have abandoned Jesus, Peter who denied him three times, Judas who sold him and and turned Jesus in, and there's you and I. We are the ones Jesus is extending forgiveness to. And Jesus takes the absolute worst, the most disgusting and selfishness that all of humanity could create in that moment, And he offers a great exchange for it. In that moment, Jesus offers to take all of our sins and to give to us forgiveness. John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our wickedness. That Jesus offers to take our sin and our brokenness and give us soul-cleansing, burden-lifting forgiveness, and to take our sins and place them as far as the east is from the west, as far as Rossi is from Martello Tower, as far as Vancouver is from Halifax, as far as Shanghai is from London, once and for all, dealt with, not to be brought up again and to be ever able to be used against us again, sins past, present, and future meaning we don't need to avoid God anymore, meaning we do not need to try to numb ourselves or escape from the impact of this sin in our lives. It means the source of our shame is being dealt with once and for all. It means the things that are keeping us from entering into prayer, entering into worship, entering into community, Jesus offers to deal with them once and for all, each of us. The New Testament writers came up with this phrase called justification. And it's an instant thing that happens as soon as we receive the forgiveness of Christ, meaning that when God now looks on us, he looks on someone and sees them just as if they've never sinned. Think about that. Think about that. Think about your life. And that when we receive the forgiveness of our sins, when God looks at us, he sees someone and it looks to God just as if we have never sinned in our lives. Father, Forgive them, Jesus says. And this is available today for us. And we're going to talk about that in in a few minutes. But maybe even in your heart of hearts today, you feel like God is saying, today is the day to get right with me. Finally, the third part of Jesus' statement is so fascinating. He says, they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Now, Jesus isn't saying, you know, they're confused, they're mixed up, they made some mistakes. That's not what he's saying. He's saying a couple of things on a couple of different levels. First of all, he's saying they don't know what they're doing because they're spiritually lost. They've been trying to deal with the sin problem in their life through all kinds of different ways, but they, they, they don't know what they're doing. 
They've been trying to meet the God-shaped hole inside of them through all kinds of things, but they don't know what they're doing. They've been trying to avoid me, thinking they can get away from me or get around me or escape from me, but they, they don't know what they're doing. And that not only are we spiritually blind, but we're spiritually lost. We do, do not see who God truly is. We do not see the beauty of Christ. We do not see the weight and offense of our sin. We do not see the beauty of the offer that is extended to us. And we're blind to God's reaching out to us all around us. And when, we, and when I hear Jesus' words, they do not know what they're doing. I also hear compassion. That God in his compassion looks down on us and sees people who are lost. Like sheep without a shepherd. And he's provided a way for those sheep to come home. He gets us. He sees our, under, our circumstances. He understands our situation. He knows what we have been through and he provides a means for us to get back to God. But there's another truth to that statement too. They don't know what they're doing because if, think about it, as I read through, those, through that passage this morning, there's a number of things that the people called out to Jesus meant as an insult that were actually true. They call him the king of the Jews mockingly and yet he was. They mock Jesus for not being able to save himself but, and pretending to be able to save others, but he did. He saved others. They have no idea what they're doing because they think in one way they're thwarting God's work, but in, on the other hand, they're actually participating in his spiritual drama, bringing about salvation for the world and not even being aware that they are playing a part in God's plan. They had no idea what they were doing. And for everyone that wants to come to faith, there has to be a moment where we realize, I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to fix my life. I was trying to find success. I was trying to find happiness. I was trying to find joy. But I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to find some hope, trying to find some peace, trying to find a purpose in this life. But I didn't know what I was doing. There has to be a moment where we acknowledge, God, I've run out of all the options. I've tried them all. And now I come to this moment where I recognize faith and hope is found in you and you alone. There has to be this moment for each of us to discover that for all of our attempts and for all of our trying, Jesus, the very thing we need, Jesus is extending to us on the cross. Freedom from our burdens, healing for our wounded souls, a new beginning, and a deep cleansing right down to the very core of who we are. This is what Jesus extends to us on the cross. Now, there's one more thing I just want to point out this passage that kind of I got stuck on on the last few weeks thinking about it. And this scene that when Jesus is on the cross, the guards are actually taking Jesus' clothes and they're auctioning them off to people. They're creating, um, they're divided up his clothes by casting lots and people are taking them and actually they're making money on it. And I got thinking about why did Luke keep this in? 
I mean, Luke is a medical doctor. He wrote a very detailed and orderly account of the life of Jesus from beginning to end, and including, he wrote also the book of Acts. It's a fascinating story. And Luke is incredible at capturing really, really important details. Why did Luke capture this in the midst of this crucifixion? Oh, yeah, and then there were some people. They were dividing up Jesus' clothes. Now, we know that this was prophesied in Psalm 22. But I think it's because Jesus has now officially given up everything. He's been robbed of absolutely everything, including his clothes. He's poured out everything for you and for me. His followers are gone, his freedom is gone, his dignity is gone, his innocence is gone, and now even his clothes are gone. He's got nothing left. He has poured out all out for you and I so that we could have everything that we need. That Jesus lost it all, so that we could gain it all. And this morning I think about the value and the life-giving power of being forgiven by Christ. And I wonder this morning if maybe you're carrying around things in your heart unnecessarily that Christ has offered to forgive If you're holding on to something you did, punishing yourself for it, thinking that if I just wait, hold on to it long enough, maybe it'll go away. Maybe I can get myself out of this. Maybe I can fix this on my own. Maybe today you've been avoiding God or avoiding an issue between you and the Lord. And as we set our sights on Easter and we stand before the crucified one on the cross, He says, Father, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. And I wonder if today you would take the opportunity as we close this final song to offer over to the things that the Lord can forgive in your life. I'm going to have the the team to come back up at this time. Because Jesus is here today mediating on your behalf. He is here today willing to mediate between you and and your heavenly Father. And He sees. He knows your circumstances. He knows how difficult it's been. He knows some of the challenges and the obstacles that you have been through. He knows that you didn't know what you were doing. And today He comes and He provides a way for you to be forgiven. Meaning that you can leave here today unburdened. Meaning you can leave here today free. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for your love for each person here, for those watching online, that you care for us so deeply that you would give up everything that we might find life, that we might have forgiveness. And so, Lord, as we sing this song together as your people, we open up our hands to you And we ask for your forgiveness for those things that we've been holding on to, for those sins that seem to just have us held down and captured. Lord, your forgiveness brings power, it brings hope, and it brings freedom into our lives. And we want to be free.